0: I teach middle school science, 7th and 8th grade at Byron Center Christian. I've been teaching for 28 years, which is kind of impossible to imagine because I'm still young and cool. Um, And I've been at Byron for 12 years. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Good, and I think I got a chance to chat with all of you, but I'm Jane Gensink, and um, I started teaching in K-12. I was in um, upper elementary and then middle school level, Um, and then after five or six years there, then I transitioned to Calvin and have been a part of the teacher program um, there for a lot of years. Um, So we are thrilled to be here. We're, We're grateful that you have come to think with us a little bit about how we can partner um, as K-12 practitioners and um, the University Teacher pro- Program. Um, Clay and I, as we thought about um, what we wanted to share with you and the um, opportunities we wanted to make you uh, make you aware of, um, We tried to think a little bit about what experiences we've had, and so we've put together a bit of a presentation, um, but as I was saying to um, each of you as we walked around, we really want this to be a valuable experience for you, so we wanna make sure that we answer some of the questions that you might have um, as well. So I was able to touch base with each of you, but I would love, since we're a small crowd, if we could just quickly introduce ourselves um, so we know who's in the room, and maybe think about those um, four things. So I think most of you are local. Um, that was one of my fears, and that's something that I'll have to, in the description the next time, write uh, because we're actually looking to partner with folks that aren't. Um, you know, as far as proximity, they aren't real close to Calvin, uh, but. We're grateful to have um, all of you here. So if we could just go around the room, maybe um, state your, the school you're at, your grade level. If you've had experience, and what that kind of experience has looked like, um, working with university students, or a university, it doesn't have to be Calvin. And then if you have any specific questions, um, or something you were hoping we might talk about, make sure you surface that as well, so that we can uh, make sure to cover it. And we'll start with you. I'm Krista
2: Goldberg, I teach at
1: Um, yeah, my experience, I've worked with Western students, I've worked with Ford students, um, and just have a love of new teachers. That's great. We need that passion, so appreciate that. Go ahead, Mike.
3: Uh, my my is Mike Faber. I teach middle school science at Dutton Christian School. Uh, it's my fourth year there. Um, I graduated from Calvin, went through the Calvin teaching program, Jane uh, was my professor, and professor, which was awesome. Um, I recently have gotten out of doing, this last spring I had a student teacher from Calvin, which was awesome. Uh, she now teaches at Hudsonville Christian School. Uh, i would also worked with uh, Jim Jadridge and mm-hmm. Mr. Bruxford, uh and Ken Bergwerf. uh science chairs at Calvin in their education program to host um, teachers or aspiring teachers to do science stuff in a classroom, um, teach a lesson or something like that, so um, questions, interest. I'm just interested in continuing the partnership because I love it, it's great, um, so, you know, more information good, so. Good. Yeah.
2: Thanks, Mike. Sean? Um, I'm Sean Zylstra, I do, um, I'm the coordinator for 5th through 8th grade um, ESS at Green Records Christian Middle School, um, last year I had a grad student, with me for a little while um, and I've also had I think are 202 students, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which works out great for me because they can do those small group um, working with students, really get to know them and then also if they're in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Any questions now?
1: If you have a specific question that you're hoping we answer that would be helpful to know what it is.
2: Okay. Um, I think I think what I would like to no, or one of my questions is like, how can we, how can we work um, together better mm-hmm. to get more students in the classroom and to get them um, more hands-on experiences,
1: especially if they're not traditional students. Mm-hmm. <gasps> We're going to talk about that. <laughs> so, thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm
4: Laila like, Mulder, the administrator at Anchor Point Christian the heart of Wyoming, Michigan. We have a, a preschool threes through sixth grade program. We have had um, TAs and um, student teachers in our building from several different universities and just the experience to uh, see their eyes widen as they see what kind of student base we serve. Uh, we have a lot of traumatized children. We have quite a wide diversity of students, but we're very small, so it's, it's a uh, neat experience to watch them learn and grow and here to find out how we can be a part of Calvin University, put the bases back together
5: mm-hmm. and get some, some students in our building too. Nice, thanks. And I'm Jane Wienerbeek. I'm a high school Spanish teacher at Holland Christian
0: High School and I've had a number of student teachers over the years for both
4: Hope and
1: Calvin. And congrats on 25 years. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, we just acknowledged this morning. Okay, great.
4: And I'm Tim Lutz. Uh, I teach at Legacy Christian School and then also serve uh, for one part of my time uh, in some administration uh, things, really uh, putting out fires uh, and working with Teaching for Transformation. Um, I've uh, partnered with Calvin for student aides and student interns um, in past years, haven't done that in a few years. Um, we've all. I've also had students come from, uh, from Grand Valley for some uh, small things as well mm-hmm. um, in the science capacity and then also um, even before that in, when I was a fifth grade teacher um, and it's always uh, such a great thing but um, yeah I, and, uh, but it's, uh, it, it takes knowing somebody and connecting mm-hmm. and so I'm eager to see how uh, see your story and hear your mm-hmm. story about that
1: Good. Well, the great thing is is we have folks in the room who are already connected or interested. So maybe we have to do less selling and more yeah. conversation about um, how we can do this and how we can invite you into it. So our plan was really to talk a little bit about why, um, then talk about what, and how do we get started. And so I'm going to actually – Clay's going to get us started with yep. the why. Um, and talk a little bit we actually think it's that there are benefits um, for all the stakeholders so um, clay will start out by just talking a little bit about those first three for
0: yeah hesitation. so i've seen benefits in this and i'd be very curious to see if especially if you guys have had some of the, the same benefits um on the personal front it makes me a better teacher i have always found um getting a fresh set of eyes in there and looking at what's going on sometimes picking out things that I didn't notice or things that I've done for a long time Um, this is right into the good questions they've asked great questions about my teaching why did you do that? why did you ask that question? and as somebody who's taught for a while, sometimes you just kind of do it automatically but it makes you think why did I ask that question? or why did I do that? And it makes you evaluate what you're doing, I think, which is great. I'd imagine many of you have had that experience. Um, they help me teach intentionally. Not that I don't always teach intentionally, but they really make me think about, so I'm not only teaching to my kids, what am I showing this teacher here, this, this new teacher,
1: which is great. I can just jump in there. Yeah. Interestingly for us, we always do um, a survey at the end after teachers post our students. And I can say um, there is consistently comment about the fact that it puts me, it makes me, um, I move to my A game, right? Because I'm constantly thinking about I'm modeling pedagogy to students, to to new teachers, as well as teaching my K mm-hmm. twelve students. So I think that's pretty consistent. That um, those that host, this is you know thinking about posting a student um, as an A or an intern.
0: Oh yeah and new creativity um, I've got some activities that I use in science that have been brought in by student teachers they, they come up with this idea and I think man that's great can I use that too like in the future I'm like oh yeah have at it um, those are some of the, the great things and, and finally it's just it's just fun for me it's just great to see this new teacher get it you know and, and see them figure out what God designed them to do so how many these things echo with all of you that have had these student teachers? I would, I figured so. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about them. Whoops, too far. It helps my students. I didn't skip one there. Nope, there we go. It helps my students. Um, when they work with different... I mean, they're going to work with different teachers and co-workers in the future. Um, I think it gives them some of the skills of how to learn. How does this person work? How does this person teach? How do I get along with them? Um, And it gives them ownership of the learning. One thing I always make a big deal of when I have a student teacher coming in is telling my kids, you guys are are partnering with me to teach a new teacher. This isn't just about me teaching a teacher. This is you guys. You're a, a huge portion, you are it. You're the ones that are really going to help this teacher become a better teacher. So, And they, they tend to take that quite seriously, which is kind of fun, because it, it gives them some pride in, in what they're doing there. I've had parents come back and say, yeah, my, my son came home and was telling us at the table tonight about how he's going to teach this new student teacher, and it's going to be great. I was like, excellent.
1: Usually it's good if they're going to teach
4: him how to manage yeah. <laughs> yes, that's most of it.
0: Teach them how to manage different ones. Mm-hmm. It helps my school. Um, teacher interns visit other classrooms, and it helps other teachers. I always encourage, when I have a teacher intern, you know, go go observe this teacher once, and ask them questions. And I always tell the teacher, you know, they might ask you some questions. And that's that's good stuff. Um, we have actually hired teacher interns when there's an opening at our school. Um, what a better way for them to get to know the school. And you talk about a wonderful long-term job interview. When you had a student teacher who was really ticking the boxes, you think, man, we're going to have an opening. This is fantastic. Works great. We have one right now. A first-year teacher that had that exact thing this year. Um, and it helps fulfill our mission to provide for the children of the Christian community an excellent education written in God's Word, preparing them for lifelong service in the kingdom. It's all a part of what we do at our school. We have not just yeah. That Sorry.
1: So one of the um, on that that stuck point you made there, we hired teacher interns. So we do actually tell our interns when they go out. This is like a semester-long interview for you. Um, so you're thinking about is this intern or is this? teacher candidate a good fit for our particular school, but we're also having that conversation with them. Is this school a good fit for you? Mm -hmm. And so if I could just put one little plug, our candidates notice which schools partner with, in my case, Calvin University, but the same would be true for all the other teacher prep institutions. So what often will happen is um, usually it's in February and March that I start to get phone calls from administrators within the last year, it's constant. This week, I had multiple administrators from different school districts reach out to me. So I have one local district, suburban district, they have four uh, family leave positions happening and they don't have any applicants. Um, We have a high school that's reached out to us. So what happens is when they come to us and they say, we're looking for teachers, when I share those openings or when, when our career service shares those openings with our students, if your school has not been partnering with Kelvin throughout the program, they tend to just flick right through them. Um, but if they say, oh, you know what? That's the school that we worked with in my science methods course, or that's the school where we worked when we did our student observations. For whatever reason, to a young teacher candidate, it surfaces and they say, oh, I want to look at that job description, or I want to look at that particular vacancy. So that would just be my plug for all of you to say, "You know, we think we have great candidates um, that we would love to help bring into your school communities, but I would encourage you to think early about how you can be partnering and interacting with these students Um, because it will help you see who they are but it also it will help them feel more connected and they're going to be more likely uh, to be interested in one of those positions. It's always tricky when we get a principal who um, or an administrator who says I've got these positions and you know do you have any candidates and we'll say I wish you had taken an intern this last year. That would have been a great, even if that intern wouldn't fit the position, they talk to their friends and they can help, um, you know, make those connections.
0: Yeah, so. that's, a little plug. <laughs> oh yeah, huge. I mean, it helps my community. I mean, as a whole, we don't get new teachers without training new teacher, teachers. What a great opportunity to engage with diverse young adults who may be our colleagues in the future. I mean, this is, this is a chance where I always think, as a teacher, this is part of my giving back to the institutions that created me, that, that brought me to be a teacher. And, I mean, to me, as Christians, this is just one of those things that we should always be doing, is engaging in that way. And also, if we have great things going on in our schools, other schools can learn from us. I mean, I I sometimes think we try to hide, like, oh, we have this going on. We want to keep it our secret. We shouldn't be that way. We are a community of Christian educators. We should be doing everything we can to be the best all around. And the other thing that I didn't put on here that I should have is I have had student teachers who have been fantastic. And when I hear of an opening from a colleague in a different school, I'll tell them, you need to contact this person. I'm going to tell them to apply. But this student teacher that I had, she would be amazing in this role. Um, that's one of the one of the great joys I think when I can have this student teacher and can recommend like, hey, you need to go to this school and talk to this person because you'd, I think you'd be a great fit. It's a wonderful way to help our community, larger community, out.
1: Okay, so Clay's um, experience has been primarily limited to working with teacher interns, those Mm -hmm. are part-time students, typically in their junior year, and um, senior students who are doing their student teaching. But the opportunities to partner, or for us to collaborate, extend far beyond that. and one of the things we know is that it's so important for our teacher candidates to have connections in what they will call the real classroom or the real world with real students Um, what that does is it allows for that connection between the theory that they're learning in class and um, the real lived experience i think it really helps our students take this head knowledge and move it to more of the heart and the doing um, so, Sean, early, you asked a question or you said, how can we partner with some of our non-traditional students? Um, that population is increasing greatly at Calvin University. So, it might be, um, when we think about a non-traditional, it might be that it's um, a student who is coming back as a second career Um, More often, it's a student who maybe never finished their four-year degree, never obtained their BA, and they maybe started in English, and now they're thinking, you know what? I think I actually wanna teach English. So then they move into the English education program, and they're trying to then get that teacher certification. So one of the things that we have tried to do is we recognize the value in this real experience in the classroom with your learners, with the P12 learners. And so we've tried to um, increase the amount of, um, the number of opportunities that our candidates have to be in the field. Some of that is being pushed by the state. Um, You may have heard that state certification is changing in in Michigan. And you might, if you didn't, you may want to go to the section on certification because um, so many of you are probably certified K through eight or six through 12 in your area of specialty. Um, The state has now changed those bands, so it's K through 3. Well, actually, there's a birth to K band, a K through 3 band, a 3 through 6 band, a 5 through 9 band, and a 7 through 12 band, and then there's K-12. So Spanish, you'll be K-12 still. That won't change. Um, And then there's a special ed band as well. But what that means, another part of that is those bands have shrunk, What they're telling us um, or what they're requiring all of us as teacher prep institutes to do is say your students need to have experience. If they're going to be certified, so they might go for two bands, a K-3 and a 3-6. They have to have experience in both of those grade levels. And we say yes, we fully agree with you. In fact, we've been doing that. We've tried to make sure that our students have those multiple opportunities. Um, the other thing they're saying is we need to increase that clinical time. So P-12 field work, um, the state and um, nationally, they'll call it clinical work. And so we're, we're working to increase that clinical work. What we find then is when we get them out in the field, they're making those connections between theory and practice. They, they are inspired. So Clay, you talked about that excitement they get. Um, I teach a math methods course and after teaching um, them for two or three weeks, working with the students, trying to lay some groundwork about what what makes good math instruction, then I give them the assignment of, they have to go out and observe a teacher or talk with a teacher about math instruction. And I love reading um, their responses and their reports because they'll say, oh, Professor, what we've been talking about in class, I actually see this happening. And I think, good hopefully so i hope what i'm teaching is accurate and is is being um you know is happening in the classroom so for them they're they're excited about it they're making those connections i also think they need that opportunity to practice we all needed that Um, and some of our students need more what we're finding is as we get them in the field it quickly becomes evident that some of our students have a lot of good head knowledge but when it comes to the interactive, the responsiveness, that can be a challenge for them. Um, we really try to work with our students and say, okay, you might not be ready yet to take full leadership for that classroom. So let's get you some additional experience. And, and you, if I can, yeah,
0: and you have in. probably seen it. I would think some of the most valuable yeah. lessons are when I have a student teacher come in with this grade A awesome lesson that they're going to rock out and then it does the old crash and burn as they get into it and watching them adapt seeing how they move those are some of the most valuable things because this is the game right? I mean we all have that even as a professional teacher who's been doing it a while one of them for whatever reason this year this thing's going down and I need to figure out how to adapt this thing on the fly to bring it back mm-hmm. um, And those are great opportunities for feedback when they Mm -hmm. struggle a little bit.
1: Right, right. When I think about some of the students that might need more, um, it might actually mean they get to that teacher-aiding experience, that part-time morning only, and you as a classroom teacher say, you know what, these things are going well, but this part not so well. Um, We're not sure they're ready to move to that next student teaching. And then sometimes what we do is we say, okay, We're going to come up with an additional clinical experience. Sean actually worked with one of our candidates that did that. And after some additional clinical experience, we feel like that student was ready um, and that student had a better idea of what he was ready for. So it helped him think, yeah, I want to be um, a teacher versus I want to be a teacher in this kind of a setting. Um, And we have some partners throughout our community that we can go to and say, this is a candidate that needs something a little bit different. Um, And they're able to come alongside and think about, okay, so they might need a little bit more coaching than the student who, you know, we might say is more typical student teacher. They come in, they watch for a couple weeks, and then they can start practicing. Um, But we believe in most cases or in many of those cases, we can still get them to a point of readiness um, for something specific. Yeah, and my last point here, um, so it'll, in a few slides, I'm gonna show you um, the, the breadth of placements that we're looking for, or the, the opportunities that we have. And sometimes, you know, when we're talking, we need 150 partners a year just to host part-time and full-time candidates. That's a lot. 150 different classrooms. That's just Kelvin that we need. Um, So you can see where, in some cases, institutions are saying, I'll just take a willing teacher. Doesn't matter. We're not quite at that point. Where we want to say we're going to just put them in with any teacher. Um, we think it's really important that they are in with excellent teachers. There's a lot of research that shows that new teachers um, mimic and model what they have seen their mentor teacher during the student teaching experience do. That puts a lot of pressure on our classroom teachers it sometimes is a little sad for us on on campus. Like, I think, you mean they don't remember everything that I've told them in my math methods methods course or in seminar? No, they don't. But if their teacher has modeled something, they're much more likely to enact that on a regular basis when they're in their own classroom. So for that reason alone, we know it's so important that the teachers we're working with are excellent models and mentors. Um, And so, you know, there's certain um, requirements the state has And then Kelvin has some additional um, pieces that we look at. And I think we've talked a little bit about this. Um, When we work together, we know it's critical for our work on campus as well. Um, So I was involved with Lael and Tim actually both through a grant that one of my colleagues had. And we were um, in classrooms, or in schools, working with teachers doing training on math instruction. What that did is hopefully we were able to share some strategies, some practices, some you know, underlying pinnings that are important about good math instruction. But what it did for me is it really gave me opportunity to get into, I was observing 20 to 30 teachers a year um, do math instruction. And what it really helped me do is see what you're dealing with on a daily basis. It helped me better understand who your students are and how those are changing. When I'm out observing our interns in the field, I always tell them, yeah, I'm watching you, but you know what, I am watching what's going on. I'm watching the interactions in your buildings, I'm watching how you are responding to student needs, and I'm trying to learn from that. And then I take that back, and I think about, okay, so what does this mean for me now when I'm teaching my candidates about how to, again, my, my scenario is teaching them how to teach mathematics. Um, so how do I help them think about that? And it's forced me to adjust my course, what I do. Um, I teach the seminar that goes with student teaching, and we do a lot of, we'll, we'll hit a particular topic, and then I want my students to be sharing what they're seeing in their classroom. So we need each other. Um, I think being connected to you makes me a better teacher. It makes me more aware, and we hope that the same is true when you're connected to our students. It's, it's helpful for you. This this um, slide or this uh, icon in the middle is so true. So as I said to you, um, the state has requirements for certification. Just like you are all held to K twelve standards, we are held to standards for teacher preparation, and we are required. All of our teacher preparation institutions, we must have partners in the P twelve world we must have clinical experiences for our students. So we literally cannot do our work without you. Um, but it, you know, our, our desire to partner with you goes far beyond just that standard that we need to meet or that requirement we need for, um, for our accreditation. It really goes to what we believe is important and valuable um, for our interns. The language that we're shifting to is that we are all clinical educators. When we're talking about working with teacher candidates or folks that are going to, that are pursuing teacher um, certification, we're clinical educators, you and I together. It's not just me and my role. And we talk about co-constructing mutually beneficial partnerships where there's shared accountability. So that brings us into, so what does that look like or what could it look like? Yeah, so this is just an in-between slide. I found it really interesting, the theme for the convention. Um, I thought, how fitting is that, right? It's all about equipping each other, equipping our new teachers, and trying to build... Exactly um, what the program is. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about these different opportunities. When we talk about co-constructing... It means that we're co-constructing our programs together. What does it mean? What should someone have to go through in order to become a teacher or to gain teacher certification? What should these teacher prep programs look like? And what we have tried to do is invite all of you, P-12 teachers, practitioners, into helping us design it. So Kelvin's program is going to shift significantly within the next year, year and a half. We'll start new coursework already in the fall. And what we did is there are people from your local institutions that spoke into what these, progr- what these classes should look like. So I got together with um, some math educators and then I got together with some folks who have just provided input to the program in general and they looked at what our goals are and they looked at, okay, how many clinical experiences do you think is necessary? So that's that level of program feedback. If you say, you know what, I am not at a place where I can take a student teacher full time. But you say, I, I think I have something to contribute to the narrative or to the conversation. Then it might be that you say, "Oh, I'd love to get involved in just providing that program feedback." And at the end, there'll be a little thing that you can add your information to. Add, go ahead and add it. And then, as we have opportunities, that gives me kind of a pool to pull from to say, "Oh, yeah, they said, you know, this person said they'd be willing to help." Um, Presenters, so we're always looking for P-12 practitioners to come and make a presentation on something that you're passionate about or maybe an experience you've had. So just a quick little example, for the class um, that I teach with the student teachers, um, we are, next week we'll be talking about the importance of collaborating with families and caregivers. And um, I sent out an email to, I've got my little pool of, of folks that I go to, and I said, hey, I know it's hard for you to come in and, you know, get a sub and do all that kind of thing, but what about this? Would you be willing to make like a three, two to three minute video clip of yourself saying, hey, here's two tips about how to work with um, parents and families? Oh my goodness, that far exceeded I I had four or five different teachers that said, absolutely, I can do that. And I said, "It, it can be like as easy as a selfie video that you do. Don't have to worry about it. And i Saturday, I get a text from one. She's like, well, I'm on take number 15. But she had gone to school. She's like, well, I wanted to be able to show some different things that that were happening in our building. And she happens to be at Ridge Park Charter, which is a very diverse charter um, public school. And she said it's so important for them to see, they have 48 different countries represented in their school. And they have a hallway of flags. And she said, you know what, I can talk about it, but for me to show it and show how all the kids underneath. So she had made this whole little video, far exceeded what um, I had expected but the power that that will have when our teacher interns see that far exceeds what my words would be. I could tell them about that, but for them to just hear a teacher who's living it is powerful. So that's one way, Um, but many of us on campus are are looking for teachers to come in and share from your own experience. Open your classroom for observation. So I gave an example from my math class where I send students out it actually is hard for me to find people that are willing to do that. And so I would just challenge you to think about, it's, it's, on my end, I think, oh, that's a pretty easy lift, right? I don't expect you to do anything different than you're normally doing. It's just saying, yeah, I can have two or three students come in and observe. Um, they might ask you questions, um, but hopefully you, you see that as an opportunity. Like Clay has said, oh, then I start thinking about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, I haven't had this one yet. So, just sign me up for that.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Good. Serve on a partners committee. So we have a committee that's called Partners and Practices Committee, Clinical Partners and Practices Committee, um, and that is um, a group of school leaders. So we have administrators and we have classroom teachers um, who say. And at this point, you do have to like, be committed to Calvin, <laughs> right? Because what we're asking you to do is really think about what we're doing for teacher preparation as an institution. Um, it's a year to two-year commitment. Um, we meet, um, we tend to meet three to five times a year. So three times during the academic year and then we usually meet like once early summer, right before you break for the whole summer, and then sometimes we'll meet once late summer, right before we're getting ready to launch. So an example of what we did is, as we were revising our program, um, one of the things that we're trying to co-construct with our partners um, is a survey or evaluation, not really an evaluation, it's survey or feedback that our students provide for us on their clinical experiences and the people with whom they're working. So we want them giving feedback about us as university clinical educators. So when I'm serving as your supervisor, I want you as a student to say, hey, here's some of the things that Gensink does okay. Here's some of the things I wish she had done. Um, And then the same for those classroom teachers. We have a number of mentor teachers who say, do you forget feedback? And it's more anecdotal that we get, but we really want to work to say, let's construct something that could be valuable for everyone. So those, that committee came together with us and said, what would be important characteristics? What would be fair? Because what we don't want our mentor teachers saying, oh, now I'm being evaluated. No, but what could be helpful feedback? Um, and so we had teachers in the, in the classroom or in the conversation with us saying, this feels like it would be fair there's some accountability, um, and it would provide valuable data. The other kind of thing that they do is, um, so if we have a candidate who's really struggling, um, I serve on a student support committee for education students. So um, what we'll do is then I'll kind of look at, okay, how have things gone? What are some of the supports that we've tried? And then often what I will do is I'll make a call to one of my administrators who serves on that committee, and I'll say, I just need to talk this through with you. What would you do if you had a teacher and these were the behaviors, or these were, this was the performance? What would it look like in an employed position to come alongside someone like that? And I had, two years ago, I had a really great conversation on a partnership with the principal, and the principal finally said to me, do you think it would be helpful for me to talk with this candidate? And I said, yeah, I really do. I don't know if the candidate will be open to it. (laughs) Um, But what a great partnership where we're talking together and um, trying to create together what would be mutually beneficial. It also means um, that sometimes when we're working with students who need something different, we're having those conversations early on, and then that person is well-equipped to say, okay, I can provide this kind of support and then, um, you know, we bring the student into it and they can work together. Um, You might say, oh, actually, I am happy to be a regular host of students for observations or they can come in and do interviews or, you know, or we can do them by phone. I'm looking, thinking, yeah, it's not so easy to quickly run, but how wonderful if I had a go-to music ed person where I could say, you know what, just reach out and you're going to have a quick conversation, um, you know, about some of the things that are unique to music ed. And then, of course, there's this, this level of saying, okay, I'm ready to take on a Calvin um, student on a part-time basis, which is that, um, that aiding experience, or on a full-time um, basis. In the new program, I will tell you that what will happen at this level, this part-time basis, so that's typically it's mornings, uh, Monday through Friday that they're there, that is gonna change. It's still gonna be mornings, it's gonna be um, Wednesdays, well, it's gonna be three days a week Well, they'll be there for a much bigger chunk of the morning. So it, it um, has in the past, it's been like they're there from eight to 11, three hours. Now they're gonna be there from maybe eight to one, 130, three days a week. Two days a week they're gonna be working with university folks, but what we're, they're gonna be taking methods courses. So it's gonna be later in their program. But what that does for, for me, when I'm teaching them math methods, Instead of me having to give them a project and a something on top or whatever, I'll teach them on one day and then I'll say, no, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, when you're in a placement, you're going to practice this. And you'll record it, or I'm going to come around and see it. And they'll be in all of their methods courses at that time that they do that, that part-time um, placement. The other thing that's going to change is they're going to do two seven-week placements for that first, um, that first experience. So if Clay has a student teacher... Um, for the first seven weeks, and Layal has one, and Layal's in first grade, and Clay's in um, middle school, if they're going for both certifications, then they'll flip-flop with each other. So you'll still have a student for the full semester, but it might be that you'll have a different one, seven weeks. The other thing that we're changing, or that we're looking into is, um, and this is where our practice committee, our partners in practice committee gave us really good feedback. We're looking at the possibility of partnering students. So instead of at this early level, So instead of sending Sean into one classroom and Layelle into another classroom, we're gonna send them in together to Clay's room. And what we think that that will do is, A, that first experience, they really tried to get more small group um, experience, and now they've got a peer that they're a little bit more comfortable with at the same level, and they can do some brainstorming together along with um, a supervisor. And our teachers who serve on this committee, our worry was, what are teachers gonna say? If, I, if they now have two people in their classroom. And they were like, the more the better, right? Reduce that teacher-student, that'll work okay, we can work with it. Um, so the feedback was, was especially um, positive. And then um, the full-time intern that will still stay the same, it will be a semester, um, and it will be, you know, those full days, and a semester is 14 weeks long, so that's a, a pretty good chunk of time. Okay, then I have on the bottom co-teach a course, we actually are very um, interested in that. Again, I think there's a lot of power if instead of me standing up talking only about how to teach math at um, or how to teach math if I have an actual K-8 teacher. And maybe you join me for a couple of sessions. Maybe it's, you know, on Wednesdays, They're always in your classroom and and we're doing things together. I don't know, and we'd have to look at what does that look like, Um, but we're open to that. And you might have ideas beyond that. To give you a little scope of what we're working with. So every year, we have to find 150 of these placements um, for teachers. So 75 of them are those part-time placements, and then about 60 to 80 of them are gonna be full-time placements. So we're talking early childhood, which is they have to have an early childhood special ed placement, which tends to be like a pre-K placement um, in some of our center-based schools. So we don't typically use our Christian schools for that because the Christian schools do that a little bit differently. Um, And then they need, um, oh, and then we have the, the elementary, the secondary, and we need special ed placements. Our special ed placements are actually the hardest to find, which is really, we're a little perplexed by that, because we know that's a high need area. Um, I think part of it has to do with the fact that it's hard to take one more thing on um, as a special ed person, but I'd be open to hearing. And then you know that speaks only to those internships. Then we've got all those other opportunities where we're trying to get students to observe, to hear from you in the classroom, um, whatever that might be. And while we're doing that, We're trying to also ensure that our students have diverse placements. So um, we wanna make sure that if they've grown up in a P-12 private school, that they also have experience in a public school setting. If they've um, been in suburban ed, we want them to also get an experience in more of an urban placement. So we're trying to make sure that they have diverse placements. Our number of international students is increasing greatly, um, which, we think is really exciting. They bring so many um, unique experiences to the classroom. Yeah,
0: that was, I had my last uh, student intern, you want me to kick that mask down, Dan? So yeah, you know, that looks better. There we go. Oh. <laughs> uh, my last student intern was actually um, was a fascinating story. He was a South Korean-born, raised in Eastern Africa, missionary kid which was fascinating. The kids were... I mean, his story was amazing because after he graduated high school uh, in Africa, speaking the language there, he actually had to go back and serve in the military in South Korea. They have mandatory military. Um, He hadn't grown up in South Korea. He did not speak the language hardly at all. But it was fascinating. The kids just loved... The the perspective that he brought is a very unique angle on many things. Um, and there are a lot of things that he did that just were, I don't know, they, they loved it. it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. I was meeting with one of our interns for the next semester, and she actually um, has just moved to the U.S. from Albania. Trilingual. Has um, worked in special ed in Albania. But we, of course, won't recognize her certification. The US won't. So, what she is doing is she's now working to get her Michigan certification. The person, the school, the classroom that gets this candidate is going to have, is so, um, will be so blessed because she comes with lots of experience. She comes with that language. She's actually going to Ridge Park, which is fantastic because they're a very diverse population. She's able to speak the language of some of her students, plus she's fluent in Spanish. Um, So just a really rich experience um, that she'll bring and then um, as we talk to, so we're working to provide those diverse placements but also the varying levels of support as they're needed so um, again we've got students that come in with lots of different experiences so sometimes our international students they require a different kind of support because their experience internationally has been very different than North American um, education um, so and they're, they're typically real eager to gain that experience as well let's see Okay, so what is it, what happens, or what can you expect? Um, We try to provide support and a lot of opportunities for professional development for all of you um, while you're working with us. Um, We do offer a stipend and sketches, so many of you are signing for those sketches now. You get 25 sketches when you host a student teacher. Um, There's always a little sway. But we also think that there's a lot of personal and professional satisfaction. Um, that can come. Okay, so I'm looking at the class. We've kind of talked about our spiel, but I would love to heal, hear from all of you. Um, well, I kind of
0: whipped through my portion because I figured you're all pretty much already sold. So
1: Yeah. <laughs> so as you think about you know partnering with the university, are there obstacles that, that we're blind to that you say, well, this is great, Jane, but this... Um, or are there things where you say, you know what, if you want to get more teachers, I think this is what you need to do?
5: I think what comes to mind for me is certainly like what you said, like it's so
1: rewarding and I just
5: feel like I'm giving back. And I would say, absolutely, yes. The other hand, what obstacles is like, I don't know if it's at other schools, but like this year, like, well, there's a budget cut and I would have to teach an extra class and not get paid for it. And then you're like, I just feel like over the years, like, more and more stuff has been put on teachers. Yeah. They're like, I know you need a great model teacher, but I don't know if I've got the stamina and energy. Like, because it to do feels it. like one more thing because it eats up your prep period because you're,
1: like, talking you're with talking them. through everything. Yeah.
5: And it eats up your after. It does after- take
1: time. I mean, energy there's an investment.
5: So, I mean, I would certainly say, please keep at least doing the stipends and the sketches because yeah. you don't go into it for that. No, and at least you're like, okay, at least I'm gonna get something. Yeah. So, I think the obstacle is, do I have the bandwidth? Yeah. To do this, because it is, especially the the
1: interns. Teaching, yeah. I
5: mean, it is all consuming.
1: Yeah. If you want to do it well. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, and so maybe what we need to do is think: is there a way? we can tip the scale to say it's an investment, maybe not as much, or is there a way we can provide more of that support so that you're instead seeing like, oh, so we've got this class that has to be taught. Maybe an intern can pick that up or an intern can take some of those responsibilities away from you as classroom teachers.
5: Or even, I'm just thinking of this now, like, could we have conversations with like, school administrators yeah. Like, oh, well, Jane doesn't have a teacher overage class because she's going to have a student, or, you know,
1: yeah. recognizing that this is sort of like having yeah. an extra class. To teach. Mm-hmm. I like that. And we are, we are doing some creative thinking with school, so I'll come back to that after Mike gets to share. Go for um, it. I
3: think that, I mean, I had my first student teacher last spring and I had had interns before that I always felt a lot of hesitation to invite or be open to doing it because I, I just didn't really have a lot of confidence in that, like, what do I have that you want to see?
4: Oh.
3: <laughs> like, really, you want to, like, I, I mean, I'm a young teacher, I've only been teaching for 10 years, and, and I'm always like, oh. I don't know if I do anything special. I, I'm not sure but and so for me, I think it was really rewarding for uh, for Jim Jadrich and for Ken Berber, when they were there, when they saw me teach and when they, you know, they, they really encouraged me and said, hey, you know, we really love how you do this. We really would love, uh, so even just like having your, your professors or even like you, Jane, or uh-huh. other teachers who have done it to say, you know, we see a lot of cool stuff. I think you would really benefit from having a new teacher because there's so much cool stuff that they can learn from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I love the stuff I do. Don't get me wrong, but I also was like really nervous about going into it, knowing like I hope I don't screw this person up. <laughs> you know, I do some weird stuff. Yeah. But, you know.
1: So well, that it, so that's interesting because that can, you know, we can even shift our communication patterns a little bit. One of the things we struggle with is many of our schools um, administrators really want us to funnel our requests through them. And I understand why. They're trying to manage the bigger picture and make sure that you know the same set of students aren't getting a student teacher in that subject area for three years in a row. Um, though I would argue that there's research to show that's not a bad thing if they do. <laughs> um, but what happens then is you maybe are not seeing our request go to principals to work with specific teachers. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the Calvin's requirements, um, so the state requires that a teacher has to have taught three years and have been um, positive or effective. Um, one of the, so those are, those are the minimal, and they have to be teaching in their certified area. They have to be certified. So you'd be surprised how many people that eliminates, actually. Um, then Kelvin layers on top of it some specific expectations, and one of those expectations is the teacher has to be someone that either a Kelvin faculty person has had interaction with and, and believes will be a positive model and mentor, or that someone else um, recommends as that. So, and sometimes that recommendation comes through a student. So a student teachers in with Clay and starts working with one of his colleagues and they come back and they say, you know what, if you need an English person, this person is fantastic in English, or this teacher I found to be really supportive and I think would be great. Sometimes it comes through a principal. So sometimes we'll go to principals and say, we're looking for you know placements at the upper elementary. Who would you recommend? and then, you know, we give them the criteria, and then they give names. But there are many times where we're saying, we'd like to work with this particular person. And what I'm fearful of, because when we don't hear anything back, then I'll, we'll circle back, and in defense of the administrators, they've got, you know, 200 things going on too, I get it. And they'll say, oh, I sent an email out saying Calvin needs student teachers. Okay, that's one way to do it, but it's then you're not getting that feedback yeah. that we actually want to work with Mike because we have a student in mind. We interview all of our teacher interns and then we try to pair them. So as um, so, I work with a 8 As I get to work with teachers, I start to know, oh, okay, Clay, Clay can handle this kind of a student or this student would really thrive under Clay's mentorship. But this student might do better with Tim or whatever. Um, And then at the secondary level, we rely on our discipline folks. So that's Ken or Jim Jadrich and Crystal Brooksford at the secondary level. Language would be Abe. So we've got someone in each of the areas, and they know well their colleagues out in the field, and then they're pointing us to those people. But that, I mean, that's an easy fix. So then maybe I just need to say to an administrator, and some of them are great. Some of them will say to us, you can go directly to the teacher. That's fine. But some of them, are, you know, I can't.
3: Yeah, even um, like their emails to us, it's like, hey, if you want a student teacher, email us back. We're like, well, gee, that's a lot of pressure on me to like, make that decision myself. It don't, they don't say like, hey, okay, so that... specifically identify as somebody who we really want to yep. work with. Like that would be more like, oh, well, they want me? Okay, then it's not really my decision to yeah. choose to. So, yeah, I guess. So, yeah. yeah, but they actually want to. Okay, so that makes me feel mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable.
1: Okay, that's helpful. We can—that's easy. Something we can try to tweak on our end. Any other questions or feedback or things that you would say? Like at one point, I had a mentor teacher who said, "Hey, if you can get me a pass into the fitness center at Kelvin, I'm in." <laughs> Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I never thought that that would be attractive (laughs) to someone." But do you realize there's students in there too? And (laughs) you're, but. I can see that being a draw. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of us are not self-conscious at all, so whatever.
4: (laughs) I don't
1: care. We used to offer, like, um, tickets to um, the theater production, and what we found is no one came. So we stopped offering that. Um, So that's where, you know, feedback from from you all can be really helpful. We did have, um, for a while, we offered, um, like, a coupon towards a grad class or workshop, and because the university has made a shift in how our graduate programs are offered we can't do that anymore but if i hear from you all that that's valuable i'll go back to our people and say they're telling me you know that that would be incentive um to continue i think the
3: statutes are
1: huge okay and that's a state thing i actually applied to get them for our um part-time placements and the state denied it i tried because I thought, you know what? Why not? It's just half the time. Yep. Um, but at this point, they denied it. So, I think they also regulate how frequently you can use sketches from um, student teachers. Um, but that's, you know, that's something that you manage in your um, your accounts. So back to some of the creative ways. One of the things we know there is a shortage of teachers. Um, Did I say it to this group or not? Like This morning I've been working with the district on trying to fill some um, openings. I have a couple of student teachers who have offers at a number of different places. Most of them are long-term subs right now. Um, One of the things that we're doing, we actually just partnered with Grand Rapids Christian in one of the science classrooms. So we have an intern here, and his teacher is going on maternity leave. Um, right now, the state is allowing student teachers to step into paid positions, and um, that can be counted as their student teaching. It's not something that we put out there to all of our candidates because they don't get that modeling and that mentoring that we, they, we know that they need, but some of them are ready for it. Well, actually, we were talking, so get Holland Christian. We, they had a need for a Spanish teacher last year, could not find anyone. We had a Spanish student teacher who we knew was really strong, And so I keep my hat on, like my role is to advocate for the students. So my first conversation with Gabrielle was, I don't think this is in your best interest professionally. And she'd say, well, why not? And I'd lay out all the reasons. And then I'd say, however, there are benefits, right? This is gonna give you a great experience. You're you're gonna be the teacher. Um, and in this case, Holland committed to providing mentoring and modeling. So Jane, I think you were in that role as was a principal. And our Calvin person went out and supervised um, as well. Christian hi. So this student, his teacher's going on um, family leave. So he's been able to student teach for six or seven weeks. He'll step in during family leave. There's another teacher in the building that's going to take over that mentorship role. And in that way, we feel like we're trying to you know, partner and that's where that mutual benefit um, comes in. We're also having early conversations with some of our high schools about pre-college programming. So the Kent ISD, if you're in Kent County, um, they now have what's called Teacher Academy and it's for um, juniors and seniors in high school. And they actually do, they do a class and then they do like a student teaching. And what we're doing is working with them to say, and then how could they actually onboard to a university prep program? We'd give them some credits for what they have. So they'd come into the university with credits and they could streamline right into our teacher prep program. And then what what we're working on is then how can we bring them back to Kent County Schools? So keep them, kind of fill that pipeline. Um, And some of the schools are, they're actually quite excited and they're saying, hmm, if we could hand pick and say, yeah, this student is gonna teach in, you know, Grand Rapids Public Schools, and we'll take them for all of their stuff when they're at Kelvin, what a great way for them to groom a particular teacher. So we are trying to be creative in that way. Yeah. Any other ideas or questions that you might have?
0: It's been pretty easy with everybody already having a student teacher. My job a- on this presentation was pretty light. So thank you for
1: Yeah. Well, I would just say thank you to all of you. So if you're ready, you know, partnering with us, um, know that we appreciate you. We cannot do our work without you. And know that you're giving to the field, um, by doing that work. Whether it's giving feedback or hosting an intern. We know there's different levels um, of effort that that requires, but we hope that it's beneficial for all of us. And if you go to, um, on your, if you pick up a sheet, there's a QR code. Otherwise on the presentation, you can just do the QR code and there's a little form that you can fill out. You can also give me names of colleagues where you say, this person should be hosting. I'm a mentor teacher. And then I have to figure out a way to get that back, you know, like Mike says. Then I have to say, hey, you've been recommended for hosting. Um, And that maybe makes a difference. Because I think teachers need encouragement. And that's maybe that encouragement piece um, that they need. So thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your conference how wonderful to just be together with other well, folks who are committed to this good work so especially after the not being together yeah work. right right so thanks so much you're good welcome day. to grab a card send an email to me if that's easier there's a few stickers left you can, you can grab, can grab those, those take your shirt oh, Yep. Sweet.
0: yeah oh, oh goodness sign a, a good sheet
1: yeah yes.